This is Sam Glynn and you're listening to Cyber 321, plain English cyber in three articles, two numbers and one action. It is May 27th, 2022. In the first of the three articles this week, Graeme Cluley reports that Greenland's health service has been struggling to recover from a cyber attack that has crippled its IT systems, causing long waiting times and forcing doctors to resort to using pen and paper instead of computers. Although it is not currently believed that any data has been stolen by the attackers, the attack on Greenland's health service has caused major amounts of disruption since May 9th, 2022. Coincidentally, the attacks on Greenland's health service came almost precisely five years after the WannaCry ransomware struck the United Kingdom's National Health Service, causing headlines worldwide. And I don't think I need to remind any Irish readers about the cyber attack on Ireland's health service last year. I don't think I need to remind any Irish listeners about the attack on Ireland's health service last year. In the second article this week, uh, Cyber News reports that threat actors can conduct a relay attack to unlock and operate a Tesla Model 3 or Model Y without the car owner's permission. NCC Group researchers found that cars with similar technology can be unlocked remotely, meaning that threat actors can break into and operate the vehicle even when authorised devices are out of range. Researchers were able to unlock and drive a 2020 Tesla Model 3 using a small relay device designed to bridge the gap between the Tesla and its owner's phone. NCC recommended that users should be educated about the risks of these types of attacks and encouraged to use the pin-to-drive feature. I don't own a Tesla, but pin-to-drive sounds suspiciously like a password. So it sounds like multi-factor authentication is a recommended security measure for modern vehicles too. The spectrums of security versus convenience and efficiency versus resilience are very interesting to me, especially after giving up on my fancy but very unreliable Nest thermostat at home. And also because I'm currently listening to an audiobook about cyber attacks called This is How They Tell Me the World Will End. But that's a discussion for another day. And for the third article this week, it's another area that interests me, which would be developments in cyber insurance. Given the likelihood of a ransomware attack on a business with weak cybersecurity measures and the impact, i.e. the cost, to recover from the attack, it has amazed me how cheap it was for organisations to get cyber insurance cover and how few questions they're asked about their cybersecurity defences on the proposal form. I always felt that this was a risk pricing issue, which would come back to bite insurers. And it looks like the insurers are figuring this out now as well. According to a ransomware trends report released by Veeam recently and mentioned later on this week, over one third of organisations with cyber insurance policies said that their policies explicitly excluded cover from ransomware payments. I wonder how many of the remaining two thirds have similar exclusions but won't realise this until they try to make a claim. In a separate article on CyberScoop, similar trends are discussed. There are a lot of companies that have gone through the renewals and ended up either being uninsurable or have implemented some new controls in order to get to the point of being insurable. The scope of what insurers are covering is also narrowing as costs go up. CEOs of major insurance companies said last year that cyber insurance premiums sector-wide had spiked dramatically, with AIG's chief executive saying rates had increased by 40%. Ransomware is driving most of the cyber insurance woes, accounting for 75% of all cyber insurance claims in the summer of 2021. 
and that 75% compares to 55% in 2016. But to put a positive spin on it, maybe the increasing cost and reducing coverage of cyber insurance will motivate organisations to implement appropriate security measures, even if the actual risk of an attack wasn't enough motivation already. The first of two numbers this week is 24%, and that's according to a recent ransomware trends report released by Veeam, a backup company. 24% of the 1,000 ransomware victims across 16 countries that were involved in the survey paid the ransom, but were still unable to recover their data. And the second number this week is 19%, and 19% of the ransomware victims in the same survey were able to recover from the attack without needing to pay the ransom. It's likely that reliable backups played a key role in their ability to recover without paying the ransom. And the survey suggests that many of those surveyed used backup solutions that were difficult or impossible for attackers to destroy, including many large organisations that continue to use backup tapes. And that brings me to the action this week. It's time to check that your backups work. This is not the first time I've reminded you about your backups. In March and April, I recommended that you confirm your backup strategy is ready to help you recover from a cyber attack. And I also recently wrote a short article that explains the amazing world of backups and the difference between full, differential and incremental backups. I highly recommend that you read this page turner at codeinmotion.ie. A backup is your best buddy. But this week, I recommend that you check your backups actually work by trying to restore at least one file from a backup. I'm going to focus on the smallest set of actions that you can take to get some comfort that you can rely on your file backups. So first up, find a file that was last edited a couple of months ago, let's say sometime in March. Take a note of the file name and the folder that it is in. Now don't open the file or edit it, just move it from that current location to another folder. But don't tell anyone that you've moved it. As far as anyone is concerned, it has been deleted. Now, ask your IT team to use a backup to restore the file, the name of which you noted in the previous step, and to restore it back to its original folder, which you also noted in a previous step. If they can restore the file from a backup quickly, then it's a small success that suggests you have something to rely on. It's not a foolproof backup recovery test, but if you've done nothing like this before, it's a good start. If the file can't be restored, or if it seems to take the team a long time to do it, you need to investigate why and address the issue now before you need to rely on those backups. That's it for this week. Until next time, take care.